Welcome back to Live Laugh Lorazepam. For episode seven, we have a very special guest on with us today. And so I'd like to formally welcome Nicole Morrison to the mic. Whoop, whoop, Nicole. <laughs> Will you introduce yourself to us? And I mean, we know you, but our listeners don't know you. Yes, of course. Uh, my name is Nicole Morrison. I am a registered nurse. I am a cardiac, vascular, and thoracic operating room nurse. Wow. I also do some pulmonary and interventional pulmonary and endovascular surgeries as well. I do also have a side business where I sell candles. They're 100% soy candles, homemade goodies like dog bandanas, tote bags, full cozies, and I make all of that at home. That's my stress reliever. And I'm a dog mom, I'm a wife. A friend. I think that's me, in a, a friend, a in sister. a nutshell. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being here for, with us today. Um, I wanted to mention that we are actually currently burning one of your candles on our table right now as we record this. So we are, you know... Um, <laughs> my future brother-in-law is going to be so mad. I'm going to have to buy him another one because it's going to be gone by the time they get home. Did you trim the wick before you lit it? That's a serious question. Julie looks guilty, so I'm going to say no. Do I have to trim it every time I light it? Oh, boy. She, you, yell, she you yells know at me about this all the time. <laughs> Someone didn't read the insert. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. You know, I was just so excited to burn this candle. Also, they lit it before me. Wait, what's this one? What scent is this? It's moon, moonlight. Oh, moonlight. I love moonlight. That one. It's my favorite. It's my most, the most calming one. Yeah. It, is it nice and fragrant? You can smell it from there. Yeah, it's yeah. like actually across the room, and it's quite fragrant, but like not oh, overpowering. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. We'll get more about your. <laughs> yeah, we business. we want to dive into sort of why we have you on today and get your um, perspective on your own mental health journey. And Let so, us into your brain. <laughs> share oh, with us. This is scary scary dark place um so why don't you just give us like a, a brief synopsis of like your experience with like mental health and sort of what you go through on a daily basis okay well i feel like my mental health journey started at a strikingly young age of six years old um i had you know a, a childhood full of a little bit of turmoil up until probably I, I like five or six was my most stable age, um, you know, with family and getting settled in and everything. And that's when I really started to have, once I started first grade, that's when anxiety kicked right in. Not, you know, going to school for a full day versus a half day of kindergarten. That really set me up kind of for failure. After that, my my anxiety got better. You know, my me and my gram could work through it. And then uh, once I got to once again another change into sixth grade, going from elementary school to middle school, I once again had wicked bad anxiety. But this was like the serious peak mm. of um, I couldn't go to like classes. I'm sure Abby remembers this. Yeah, I do. Oh, I did not know this. Oh yeah, no, I um, for about six months. I straight sobbed in the guidance office, it, like inconsolable 
all day. I'd get home and just be crippled with anxiety for the next day saying, I have to go to school. I have to go to school. And my grandma would say, well, if you have to go to school and you can't sit in class, go to guidance again. And that was my cycle pretty much for six months until I started working with a therapist. And that is when I was told I have generalized anxiety disorder with depression and obsessive compulsive tendencies. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think anyone who knows me now is probably like, oh yeah, no, that, that nails it. That's, and that was when I was 12 and it's pretty much stayed steady, um, with that diagnosis, I would say, um, and yeah, I started medication in sixth grade, was on it for probably like a year and a half, slowly came off, got to high school, and I could manage my anxiety a little bit on my own. I was always off and on medication between high school, college, and then of course the pandemic hit. Yep. And um, and then I went back on medication during the pandemic. And sixth grade and high school were the only times I talked to a therapist. And yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the summary. Yeah, that's so my mental health in a in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. As like a kid, I I don't think I'd ever heard the word anxiety. I mean, my family doesn't talk about mental health very often, so it certainly wasn't mentioned around the kitchen table. But I do remember you mentioning you having it, and just as like a child not being able to wrap my head around like what that meant. I knew it meant like you had to see a doctor. I knew it meant you had medication and I knew it meant that you got like overwhelmed by things, but I think it's like a hard concept to wrap your head around as a kid. And that's someone who's not even having it. I can't imagine what you were feeling like experiencing it as a child. I feel like as a child, it just comes off. Like you just feel like fear and you can't understand why, except that I'm afraid to go to school And deep down, my reason I was afraid to go to school was because my mom had just passed away, like Mm -hmm. just passed away. And so I was afraid every time I left the house, you know, who was going to be gone, Mm -hmm. who was going to be there when I got back. So then also in middle school, like right when it started up again, I had lost my uncle Al right before I started school. So that definitely triggered my anxiety again. And my brother went into boot camp. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So that definitely that definitely stems from a lot of my anxiety, just having people go away, be gone, whatever it is. Did you find that like therapy helped as a kid? I think it helped me understand what was going on. And it sort of helped me understand that this it's not a forever thing and that things do get better. Mm. Because, which was a nice thing to be able to understand as a child. Because, like, for six months, you're, I was so scared to go to school, and I just couldn't comprehend why. But she, just talking to someone who could talk to a child in that way, because I was 12 years old, um, was so much more relaxing and therapeutic. Even, like, the school guidance counselors were like, Mrs. Regal. This kid needs help. Because <laughs> <laughs> like twelve years like, old, like you're you're changing so much, like your body and your mind, and like everything is already changing in your life so often. And then to add in like anxiety on top of that, it's like wow, this wow. Did I you- had a laminated hall pass <laughs> to guidance 
You're a badass. And I, I would just present it to my teachers while sobbing, like. <laughs> I, w- I wish, I wish everyone could see your face right now. That was that was a great, that was a great facial expression. And you, they, I mean, they couldn't just not let you leave, like. Right. Like. Oh no. They'd be like, "Bye." They knew. Like, yeah, yeah you go away from here. Just so kidding. as you got older. I and like we've talked about it a lot on the podcast before but like we learn over time sort of like coping mechanisms that help us deal with the feelings that we have at different parts of our lives and so like when when you get triggered by something like you're not taken out by it again um and so have you developed like coping mechanisms did you develop them as a child like have you developed other ones or have they changed yeah oh they've definitely changed I, um, in sixth grade, my coping mechanism, or let's start younger, first grade. My coping mechanism was my grandmother bribing me to go to school. I got three American Girl dolls, two bitty babies. Oh my gosh. Uh, Oh, I mean, the list goes on. I, I, I made out like a bandit from that deal. And then sixth grade, not so good. That one, that's the one that really took me out. Um. And that, once I talked to the therapist, my coping mechanism was putting up pictures of things that made me feel comfortable. So in my locker in sixth grade, I had a picture of my grandparents and my cat and uh, a sunset in a gunkwit that we took as a family on a family vacation from that summer. So like that was my coping mechanism at that age. And every once in a while, like I, I still have pictures in my locker at work and that helps me when I can see pictures of my dog and my husband um and now I try to meditate exercise I try to do the right thing exercise yoga <laughs> do you find they help? Work, <clears throat> you know meditating definitely helps way more like breathing exercises have yes. you ever tried that yes yeah Julie I love like, breathing exercises it's my thing when I remember to do it I yeah. have to be like Oh shit! Do like do your breathing exercises because my like when yeah, I'm in a spot, like a I can't think about it. Yeah, like a conscious decision to be like, okay, I need that right now, or like, yeah. Oh yeah. Do you ever do like the one nostril breathing? No, I I, I just oh. saw you do that, but I've never been told. What is that nostril breathing? So I it I don't know. I, one of the anesthesiologists I work with, he taught me about it. Because it's supposed to help balance your brain. Hmm. If that makes any sense, you cover one side of your nose, inhale, cover the other side, exhale, inhale from that side, exhale from the other. Even though it all goes to the same place? Technically, yes. But I think it's more to try to trick your brain into the hemispheres of your brain. I mean, also, like, sometimes my, my therapist always says, like, bring it back to your body. So, like, run your hands under cold water. Like, things that, like, physically. So, like, I I could imagine touching my nostrils and, like, trying to breathe in one side, breathe out the other. Like, you're concentrating on your nose. And I could imagine that that Mm. would be, like, helpful to bring me back, like, out of my head and back into my body. I do the the diaphragmatic breathing and, like, making sure I'm deep breathing from the right spot. Mm. Yeah. I like that, too. And then um, sometimes I try that what are five things you feel or see four things mm. you hear three things you can smell something like that oh i like that too do you yeah 
Um, question gone. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk about um, some things that stress you out at work and or make you anxious yeah. at work? Yeah, I mean, you gave this like <clears throat> intro with your title and your like what you do at work is like ridiculously long. Um, and all of it mm-hmm. sounded really fancy and, and really long words and scary words. Um, and so that automatically, I know what you do, but like automatically if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, high stress environment. Got it. <laughs> like, how, how do you <laughs> cool, handle cool. it? How do I handle it? Honestly, like a flipping wreck sometimes. But other times. We love honesty. You know, <laughs> when it, you know, when it comes down to game time, you get in the zone. I, I went to nursing school for four years. When I graduated, I was a registered nurse in a rehab. And that was probably my most stressful job. The first one I had out of college. Oh, baby. Did it. Oh, that was probably the hardest time of my life. Was that first job. I, wow. I only made it one year. Well, you're also brutal. like at the bottom of the the hierarchy too like you're the newest the youngest the like is it because the lack of support you would have working in it like because like my grandmother's in a nursing home and I see how stressed the nurses are the lack of support at my first job was truly an abomination and that is all I'm gonna say on that (laughs) (laughs) it was really my most difficult job it's what drove me out of uh, basically bedside nursing and into the operating room so right from that job, I started in the operating room, immediately fell in love with it. I do love the OR. I did all sorts of surgeries then. Then I wanted to really specialize, and I got into cardiac surgery, switched hospitals again, was there for about nine months learning just cardiac, and then finally ended up at the job I'm at now. And I'm in the OR. It is a level one trauma center. We do cardiac, thoracic vascular surgeries open those are my favorites especially cardiac so you see hearts like all yeah the like that this is like bodies Heart. open. <laughs> oh yeah have you seen oh, like transplants fun. no but we are starting them which that stresses me out quite can, a bit just can do a such a lo- oh that's just such a long case so it's part of, sometimes i get stressed when like i'm on call for instance for transplants I could be in there for 16 hours. And it's wow. just so long. Just waiting? <clears throat> no, I'll be in there doing oh, the gate. yeah. 16 the hours? Surgery. That's like on, you're on your yeah. feet for 16 hours. You're like, you have to be focused. for Like, when's the last time you were like hyper-focused for 16 hours? Never. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I I did a 16-hour homograft. Um, I've done, that's been my longest case before. What is that? You replace the arch of the aorta and some buttons um, with basically a human donor. Wow. And it was a very, very long case. That That's my longest case. Um, but time definitely stresses me out at work. The call, as I've talked about many times at length with all of my friends, call always stresses me out. Because when you get called in, you can be in there for so long. And you never know what can happen. Yeah. And also, I mean, we had discussed this like previously, but like it is bonkers to me. You have to be within like a certain distance of time to the hospital while you're on call. So like you can't go visit a friend and like 
you have to be ready at any minute to go. So if you're like, oh, I'm going to run out and grab lunch, you have to ha- like no, be ready. Not. Like if you get the yep. call while you're in line, you leave line and you walk away. Like I remember nights when my mom was on call and just leaving at like 3 a.m. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the last couple times I've gotten called in, um, I'm parking my car in the garage and the helicopter is landing and I know it's my patient. So I'm literally running into the building because we have a 30 minute call back. I only live 15 minutes away. Wow. And I'm still flying. Um, What what are the others? Oh, the other part of my job that I do find very stressful. And it's actually one role that I kind of refuse to do a little is scrubbing at work. I do not like the role of scrubbing. I am strictly a circulating nurse in the room. I will scrub certain cases that are very small, very easy, almost nothing. Can you explain and, um, like what what scrubbing entails for yeah, non-medical lost. people? Oh yeah. It's basically just like you control the sterile table and you pass the instruments, you're an assistant you're, you're a sterile team member, but you're not the surgeon and you're not his assistant. Mm. <clears throat> so you're ba- and you're in charge of your sterile field. Okay. And you set up equipment and <clears throat> you, it, wow. This, yeah. This scrub roll is a huge role. It's completely sterile. Um, and you're right at the field. For me, you are sterile. You can only touch things that are sterile. You can touch nothing else. You are completely helpless to the whims of other people. Oh, my gosh. I do not do well in that situation. <laughs> Wait, like, mm. what, what if you have to, like, mm. scratch your nose? <laughs> like, what? You can't. Oh, my gosh. You can't. What do they do if they have to pee? You don't. You don't drink water. You're scrubbed in. Can't do anything. Wow. So has the doctor ever left to go to the bathroom? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I do have to apologize for my voice because I am still recovering from COVID, kind of. How <laughs> so dare you. But kidding. during long cases, at good points, oh, yeah, you can break, go to the bathroom. Sometimes another surgeon can come in. Another assistant can come in. You know, there's always residents and fellows. So everyone can usually break and go to the bathroom. What? So if and you plus, when, Sorry, go ahead. When you're the, on the nursing staff, too, we get assigned breaks, so it's a lot nicer on our end. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, so Another if, perk. Yeah. If you don't, if you're not scrubbing, what, you said, circ, what did you, what circulating? you Circulating? Circulating. So that is my shit. That is my role. <laughs> I would so much rather do that. You are basically the only person in the room who can come and go. You're servicing the sterile field. You're doing all the documenting. You're coordinating between the front desk, pre-op, PACU, ICU, the bed facilitator, anesthesia, <clears throat> all the techs, all the attendants. Um, you're basically like, the best way it was always described to me, and a surgeon told me this, was he said, I'm the captain of this ship, but it's your ship. You run the show. So it's my room, but he's the captain of the room. Wow. Him and anesthesia, they're in charge. I, I, but it is my room. That's like a and lot of the, responsibility to have on your shoulders, especially for trauma one, like cardiothoracic surgeries. Like that, that sounds like a lot. 
nothing comes in and out of the OR without the circulating no circulator knowing it, basically. Wow. Damn. If you're a good circulator, you know what's going on in your room. So this is like really enlightening too, because when I think of like, oh, it's just another day of work for me, like I open my laptop and I'm a writer or I'm editing photos and like nothing I'm doing is like, I don't Someone's know. Life yeah. Like hands. life is in my hands essentially, or like the area needs to be completely sterile or anything like that. And there's like, I feel like there's so many more levels of like mental gymnastics that you're doing in that type of role. And that's not to say that, that, that other people way. don't have, don't everyone has stress in their own job, but damn. Yeah, I mean, healthcare workers, I feel like it's yeah, especially you guys recently. Insane. Yeah, it's been like a whole new world of difficulties. I think mental gymnastics is the best way to put it. <laughs> I'm writing that down. <laughs> that is a, the best way to put my job. But also, because I'm in the OR, I work on such a big team you know, I have myself, I'm always paired with someone, whoever my scrub is, whether it's a scrub tech, scrub nurse. Um, and I have an awesome team right now. I love everyone I work with. Absolutely trust them all. Really great team. So we always have each other. If you're in cardiac, you have a perfusionist, an anesthesiologist, the fellow, a resident, usually a couple students coming in who are also doctors. <clears throat> you have the attending surgeon, the PA, their fellow, sometimes another resident. So, wow. I mean, you have, and that's just in one room. That's yeah, those are like insane. layers of support. <clears throat> I'm like thinking of, of Grey's oh. Anatomy and how I like, there's so many people in the room and now you're like putting names to them and I'm like. <clears throat> I know, I was like, yeah. my uh, my medical experience and understanding is all based on Grey's Anatomy, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's so sad. I know, I know. <laughs> But, you know, I'm a germaphobe, so I can't step foot in. I hate stepping foot inside a hospital, never mind in an OR. But I'm also a germaphobe. I won't even wear my own pants on the train. I wear scrub pants to and from work that I, like, I, I change at the end of work into a clean pair of pants, bring them home from work, immediately peel them off in the hallway. Because I don't trust the seats you sit on on the train. That's because fair. I did watch a man actively pee on himself <laughs> while sitting in a seat. Correct. And that is the last time I wore my own pants. We'll have on to the find train. him for an episode. Yeah, we, of we love health issues of why you pee on the train. <laughs> we love Boston oh, public got, he, transportation. <laughs> listen, he's got a hell of a story. I know it. I we'll know find he does. Him. <clears throat> you know who I'd love to talk to? There's a guy on the train. He dresses like a sailor. He stands there on the green line and he holds court. He tells us all, all sorts of stuff. Oh, I'd love to talk him. to him sometime. He, he sounds like he'd like to be a talker on our podcast. So we can, I mean, this, <laughs> this can move. This can travel. <laughs> I don't think it would sound very good um, by the green line, but. So this is, this is all awesome. like really inf like interesting information. And so like, I imagine that over time working in like healthcare, you've just had to develop your own like stress relievers of like when you leave work, you leave work at work and you go home and like need to turn your brain off essentially. Like what, do, what do you turn to? It took me about God, five years of working in healthcare to be able to leave work at work. I would come home. I mean, everyone, everyone who works in healthcare does the same thing. You come home, 
stressed. Mm -hmm. Half of us cry. Some of us don't. Um, dreading the next day, dreading what just happened to you. Like trying, you go to bed thinking, yeah, you go to bed thinking, oh, I forgot to document that. Did I forget to write the date on this? Ooh, did I document that? It's, you have, there has to be a way that you just draw a line and dump it at the door. Yeah. Cause it will eat you alive. And I found that out the hard way. Um, so now just leave it. You, it got to a point where I, I just said, this, this shit is killing me. Do you have a suggestion I, I, for how people can do that? <clears throat> or how you did it? I, I, I got to a point one day where I was just sitting in my car crying, where I just, I, I, I just had to stop. I think something just let go in my brain where I just knew if I do do have another crying session like this again another day in a row my heart's gonna give out like I was physically sick I was it's not, vomiting before work like it's, it's not sustainable for your physical or mental health in the long run no and definitely just swapping jobs helped swapping jobs until I was happy because now I, I I don't throw up with anxiety before work I don't but it I, I don't know what made me be able to drop it at the door, but one day that just clicked. And maybe that came with experience in yeah. the job. Because how many, how many years have you been a nurse now? Seven. Oh, wow. I'm like doing mental math. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, when so did I've been graduate? an RN. <laughs> yeah, 2015. So, so seven years I've been an RN and then I was a, uh, CNA for four years before that. Wow, yeah. So that's the thing. I've that's the thing. A lot of people have to take into account. Like, what did you do before you were in this job? You know, your career professional job. Were you still in healthcare? Because all healthcare jobs have that sort of mental gymnastics. Mm. So when I say, sure, I've been a nurse for seven years, but I've been in healthcare for so much longer. <laughs> So the effects run so much deeper than seven years. Yeah. And if you think about it, like you, you started taking those classes, like even in high school, like you weren't even like 18 yet, you know, like think about sort of entering a field that is very stressful, very intense at such a young age. That's, that's a lot to put on your shoulders. I'm just sitting here thinking I could never do it. (laughs) I'm like stressed out for you having this conversation. I'm just like, Think like work for me has been really stressful this week, like crying, and I'm like, I'm crying over fucking spreadsheets, <laughs> spreadsheets, <clears throat> and like afraid of my boss, even though my boss is lovely. I don't think she'll ever listen to this, but you're a great boss. But like crying over that, and I'm like, I can't imagine the stress of like human lives and like documenting things that make sure our doctors know and stuff. Oh, yeah. Nope. Do you have to like, and I, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but do you have to like? disassociate almost from the how personal that can be because I mean it is it's human lives like there's a human on that table and I know you take that really seriously but like other people would like crash underneath that the weight of that I don't know what I'm trying to say but do you disassociate or like have to pull back from it you you have to pull back from it at a certain point um because like I said it could eat you alive But I almost find, like, when I'm super stressed at work or, like, when I'm doing something I'm not familiar with or 
just I'm not comfortable or I'm learning or I'm flipping out or basically my entire career, I over communicate. I just talk out loud. Listen to me or don't. But I'm telling you what I'm doing. And if you don't tell me it's wrong, then it's probably right. <laughs> I feel like you just described no. my marriage. <laughs> No, no. But like, you know, you learn from experience. I've learned from all my mentors that I ask a million and one questions a day, even if I know the answer, just because I want to hear I'm right. And that is really what has helped my anxiety through this job. Reassurance. Yeah. Making good friends. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you have like a, a really good support system now in your current position. Yes, I feel like I am a blend of all of like my favorite nurses. Oh, I really love oh, that. That's beautiful. That, but that's like when you have your career and you land in a place that you like, that's what it ends up being. You have you become a blend of everything you like about working with certain people. You know? So that definitely has helped like in this in the job I have, you have to be able to walk up to someone like walk up to the surgeon and say oh my god I think I just messed something up when you come look at this bro like what is this do I need to do this like you you need to work as a team mm. you don't work as a team you don't ask questions it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah that's hard so that has helped me I'm still internally freaking yeah. out like I'm not <laughs> this isn't even my flipping job and I'm just sitting here like so stressed. Julie's going to start some like nostril breathing in a minute. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, Julie, I'm looking at your face and you look flipping stressed. <laughs> I am. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. All right. It doesn't help that I'm stressed from work. Like my spreadsheets. I know we did. We did come straight from work. But or, oh, well, we could talk yeah. about healthcare like all day and probably all have heart attacks over it. Um, except for you, Nicole, because you handle it so well. But I also wanted to talk about your like other you know, job that you have. See, this is the one that gives me the worst anxiety. (laughs) The one last thing I have to say about healthcare, I do not, you can't dissociate at the job. If you're meant to do the job, you can do it. I, when things are going south, you have the training, you have your team. And honestly, you just do the damn thing because you're looking at like, it's what I love to do. Weirdly enough. So you just, you don't associate, but I have in social situations. Do you want to discuss which that? Is, <laughs> you don't oh, have to. Sure. I'll touch on it quick just because it's, it's a funny story. I wanted to go see like my high school psychologist, school psychologist and, um, and, um, you know, the, and guidance counselor from high school when I was a freshman in college. And I went with my other friend. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great lunch. We'll just, you know, meet at Panera, Panera, grab some lunch. It'll be so nice and easy. As soon as I walked in there, as soon as I saw their faces, you think I can remember anything about my life? Oh, no. Who I am? I died inside. I, I was standing there. I'm like, Jesus, who am I? <laughs> it was the strangest feeling I've ever felt in my life. One of them looked at me, Nicole, what's new? I said nothing. And she said, you just started college, your entire first year of college. Nothing is new. Not a damn thing. (laughs) 
can't even tell you my middle name right now. And what, like, why? Or my birthday. Why was that happening? Like, why do you feel like that social situation with people that you previously were comfortable with? Ah, truly beats me. It just happened randomly. I think I just get so worked up sometimes about a social event, overthink it too much, and bam, Nicole's gone. She leaves the building. (laughs) Your body's there, but your mind is elsewhere. (laughs) Yep. The friend I was with knew something was going on. She was like, you all right? No. Can't even say more words than that. That's why you're saying it. Oh gosh. Because I, I, and this is exactly how I was at the time. I was like, damn, it's just broken. <laughs> nothing. I've got nothing. Does, it was the most bizarre thing. Does that I, version of yourself have a different name? <laughs> <laughs> Would you give yourself a name? I'm not saying like you actually have multiple personalities or <laughs> there's another word for that now. But if you had to name her, what would her name be? <laughs> oh. I don't know why banana banana peel is the first thing that came to my mind. That's not the direction that's I why I going, but that's amazing. If I ever see you like doing that in public, I'm just gonna be like banana peel. You good? And I'm gonna be like, who's no. banana peel? Who are you? Who am I? I I will not even be able to say that. Like I'm so serious, I couldn't even order food. So when did it like? When did it go away? Like, did you leave and then suddenly it was like a weight off your shoulders? Like, what happened after? We walked out and my friend and I got in the car and she was like, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. I think I got to go home, though. And she was like, yeah, okay, I'll take you home. She took me home, just got out of the car and I said, see ya. She said, see ya. She was like, the fuck? And I walked in my house. And I said, Graham, I think I just had a mental breakdown. <laughs> and she was like, really? And then I was out of it. As soon as I got home, I could talk to my Graham. Do you think, like, the stress of, like, maybe wanting to impress them or be like, look what I've done, like, made that click? I think or click off. my first year of nursing school was really hard. I moved home after my first semester, started commuting, and I think... I was very nervous about what they thought. Mm. I think that's exactly, and I think I shut down. I think there's such a pressure. That was the first time that happened. Like after high school to be successful in a certain way. And like, especially when you go back and you see people, especially that guidance counselor that I know that you were like super close with in high school. Like I'm sure you wanted to like prove to them, oh, look, I'm doing so great. Even now I still love her. We haven't talked in so long, and I'm like, Can you just send her this episode? You You should just send an email. Be like, Here you go. That's why I was so weird in Panera. I'd just like to explain that one time at Panera, (laughs) I really wanted the mac and cheese, and I couldn't say it. (laughs) Well, like, they definitely knew, too, because they both work in psych. So they were definitely like a literal psychologist or something. Like, yeah. She she was like, Ah, (laughs) yes, Nicole's doing it again. Mm. That was the first time I ever dissociated. Um, it's happened a few times since, but pro- probably two or three times in my life that, that it's happened to Alice. <laughs> if it's happened to me, I don't know. I think I just get so anxious, I forget sh- shit about myself all the time. Or just get quiet and awkward. <laughs> oh, that, I just I, permanently in that state. Or I over talk. 
Yeah. I oh I'm a I I'm a big oversharer. Big. You know when you you just open your mouth, you start talking, and then you're like, I shouldn't have said that. That oh. was too much. You know, ten minutes later, you're like, Why did I tell that story? <laughs> Maybe that's why you shut off that time. You're like, I don't want to do that, so I'm just not going to talk at all. <laughs> yeah. That there have been so many times I should have dissociated and I didn't. And I shouldn't. Have. Well, well, now's your chance to to brag about things that you're doing. So let's move oh. on to your business, your amazing yeah. business that we've promoted on the pod before, Bean Dog Goods. Um, and you can tell us a little bit about what it's been like to, <clears throat> I don't know, like work in healthcare, but then also run an entire business on the side. An like, entire successful business. Yeah, like I don't know how you're juggling all of this. Um, yeah. But it's fun. And yeah, so I make soy candles. I started making them during the pandemic. And then I was relaxing. And then um, I gave them away as sort of gifts for Christmas time. And so many people loved them. And I was like, oh, I might as well make a business out of this. Because I also started to pick up sewing again. And I was making my dog's bandanas and my husband's scrub hats and my own scrub hats. And I just started selling stuff and I said, oh, I'll have my business up and running by the beginning of the year. And that was completely delusional because <laughs> you cannot do that with a business. So it took me about five more months on top of that to start a business. And so I launched it on my 29th birthday and it's been fun. It's stressful. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But does it bring you like, joy? I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, it definitely brings me joy. They bring me joy. I mean, in comparison, you had like years and years and years of training for the career you have as a nurse. And then you were like, wow, I just really love this passion project I've been doing on the side. I'm going to make it into a business. And so like the fact that like you've come as far as you have and that it's been so successful and you did not have a roadmap or any like business training prior to that, like that's a big deal. That's that's something to be proud of. I made it all up as I went, but <laughs> I, I did ask, of course, tons of questions. I've called tons of people. I wanted to make sure I had all the right paperwork and if I was sued did you know, are things going to fall on me or what are they going to fall on? Yeah, like so if, I have an LLC. If someone, if someone burns down their house, am I, am I liable? Which I am not. My LLC is. So you can just come on down, take my instant pot and my sewing machine and my Ikea dresser. <laughs> And that is all it. my business owns. <laughs> Although soon I'm going to have a sign, people. Yeah. I'm going to have a sign. That's awesome. Yeah. Not for the are front you, line. Are, come to my house. No. Are you doing events <laughs> Events going forward or are you still just selling online? I am going to be doing events. Yes, I have one in December. I once told her, December I was like, events, let me know. I want to work them. Julie loves like working free. events. For you, for free. I would, I mean, yes, I'm nervous to start events. I'm very nervous. It is. It's hard, but it, it's actually ironic. Julie and I both have like conference experience and like market experience. I did home shows. <laughs> no I did like giant expos. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, I did baby ones. But yeah, no range. Yeah. You've got a range of experience here that we can help with. Do you want to say the event you're going to? You don't have to. Sure. It's going to. 
It's going to be the Kilroy Square Holiday Market in Quincy. Ooh. Oh, it's in such a nice area. And there's like really nice there restaurants around there. Oh my gosh, it's so good. What day in December? Is it outside? No, well, it's in a tent. I know it is in a tent. And okay. I'm not sure if the tent is heated. But it is December 4th. I just wanted to verify the day. I put it on my calendar. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh, yeah. but- That's going to be awesome. That'll be your first, like, big time doing, like, a booth with signage and... Christmas presents for people. Oh, you have... Are you going to have winter scents? Are you doing, like, a whole winter line? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to have a winter line. So actually, I'm already almost... Not almost sold out of the fall line, but much more sold out than I was planning on being before October. (laughs) Um, So... I'm I'm probably going to be making some more fall candles, and I do have a winter collection coming for new scents. Drop and one, I think drop I'm going to have a new one. product. Ooh, I was saying drop a, drop a scent, but drop a new product. Will you tell oh, yeah, us the no, name I... of a scent? You don't have to. She's like, I don't know. These are trade secrets. <laughs> the Julie's Santa's Christmas present. Ooh, like <gasps> Ooh, I like that. That's yeah, that's, that's kind of like a pepperminty one. Oh, that sounds great. I'm definitely getting some of those. So I just bought one for my boss. Not not Santa's Kiss. What did I buy? Witch's Brew. Mm-hmm. And I really am like, yeah. kind of don't want to give it to her. And I oh, it smells wanna, so good. I've already like taken the cap off. And also love the um, black ceramic. Ceramic. What is it called? Container. Container. <laughs> I can't think of the word. And the cork uh, top. Like so pretty. And also just... I love it. Thank you. And your Thank work you. makes me less anxious when I burn your candles. Oh, there you go. Thank you. You're that welcome. is very Thank nice. You. you should put that on your website. <laughs> Helps with Julie's mental health. <laughs> yeah. Well, scents are very calming. And like seeing the flame, it is very calming. We can go actually. So we have an episode on scents and how I'm like a lot of them trigger me. Um, mm-hmm. and like there's certain candles that like I have to stop burning or I freak out. Mm-hmm. Um, but your moonlight is like the complete opposite of that. I'm just like, I need it going all the time or, or deep woods. Right. Is that the other one? Mm, that's that a is, good one. Yep. That's my two favorites. So, um, yeah, I tell us a little bit about like, I, I know we're, we're kind of like coming to the end of the episode and we have some like wrap up questions and stuff, but. Um, I wanted to know a little bit more about like, what's it like being a business owner and like sort of how you balance your mental health with that, with like, it's a creative role as opposed to your healthcare role. It's honestly just so much more fun and I have complete control over it that it's different stress. It's more like stress I'm putting on myself because I want it all to be so perfect. Mm. Um, And not every part of it's stressful. Like the taxes, stressful. Product photography, surprisingly, the most stressful thing I think I've ever done in my life. Um, (laughs) Really? Shooting the reel, kind of stressful. Just because like it can be so awkward 
when you're on your front lawn with like two of your dining room chairs and your snake phone holder, three lights with extension cords coming out of the yin yang. You're like you're a dragging your dog, at you, looking out the window. You like, are what a content is queen, though. Content she is a content queen. queen. You need to teach us because we like Abby makes awesome like posts and stuff, but we need reels and no, yeah, Nicole's the real queen, like R E well, actually R E E and R E A L. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done many reels whatsoever. Like I watch a lot of them, but you, I haven't made them. Like she's made them. You told me in the beginning, you're like, you're in charge of that if we're doing that. And I'm like, okay. And now I'm like I was like, I don't wanna be in videos. I just don't want to do it. But like you do it and it doesn't it doesn't look it looks natural yeah it like doesn't look posed or fake or i would have no idea that you have a snake phone holder three lights like all that no it just seems like you're just chilling i'm you know what then i'm gonna start to do some instagram versus reality yes, things please do. because the amount of times i have like done the take watched it gone <laughs> redone it and then gone, God, the worst <laughs> is so tragic. I've changed my, t- this is the thing. You change your shirts 15 times. You have your hair braided. Then you put it up and it's all filmed the same day. Wow. It just looks like it's not. And social media is like such a beast. Like it can be such a great tool, but. I mean, with all like the changes on Instagram and like we've, we've touched on how social media is sort of just like, um, a, I don't know, and a beast of it in itself of like using it properly, mm. but then getting sucked into it. And then you feel like you're like living on social media. Have you guys seen the new right. meme that's saying that, um, DMS from your friends are like friend homework. Cause I love the, I love the <laughs> stuff you send me, but then I'm like, I I want to watch my own shit right no, now, see, Abby. I, I think of that as like I'm curating you a newsletter, <laughs> and like these are the, all the posts that you need to look at today. This is your daily newsletter. My sister and I will send each yeah. other the exact same post within like minutes of each other, and she's like, "Oh, we did it again." I'm like, "Yeah, it's usually food posts." <laughs> the algorithm's like, "I got the Trinity girls. Oh, I got yeah. it. It's always food." Yeah. But social media is a huge stressor. That's honestly like my biggest stressor because I'm. I'm trying to use that to get the word out about my business. Mm. And sometimes the algorithm doesn't behave. Because I think, I'm not going to lie, especially my latest stuff, I think I make good stuff. Yeah. You, you're definitely making good stuff. Heck yeah. Well, like the products, fab. But then I mean the social media stuff. That's what I mean. The products, they sell themselves. So I just got to get the word out there. I don't think I've ever laughed as much as an episode. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and like you've got a great website too. You're like constantly updating your website. Where where can people Thank find you. you if they want to go buy some candles? Oh, they can find me at www.beandoggoods.com or uh, beandoggoods Instagram. Where did the name Bean Dog come from? from my lovely dog Lulu Bean. Uh, her name is Luca. So she went from Luca to Lulu to Lulu Bean to Beans. Bean dog. There we go. And she makes goods. So <laughs> <laughs> I got that part. Actually, I have to share um, a, a little like <laughs> side story. I don't know if I ever told Julie this, but so the fact that you've always loved her dog and didn't love mine. Okay, that's my puppy niece, first of all. 
I'm a little, little. She's a little salty. Um, no, so I run the Live Laugh Lorazepam, like Instagram account mostly. We do have a Twitter that we have honestly I've not posted anything I really, on there. I'm so sorry. I don't think I gave you a login. Oh, okay, maybe that we'll go with that. Our um, name because our name won't fit on there, and we just went with Lorazepam ladies, and I'm not really a fan of it. It sounds like we're selling drugs. We are. Okay, wait. So my, my my story was though that like Nicole is running Bean Dog Goods Instagram, and so what will happen is like I also have a photo Instagram, I also have a creative Instagram, and I run Instagram for my work, and I was running a few accounts for like side businesses, um, for some other co- clients, and I will send her something on like one account, she'll answer on another account, and then we were talking through like a whole variety of accounts to the point where like I could not follow the conversation. And then I'd just get a text message of a completely different conversation happening. And then the best one was when she messages me from Bean Dogs and just goes to the lo- Live Laugh Lorazepam oh, yeah. <laughs> and was like, who's running this account? Is it Abby or is it Julie? And I was like, who's running your account? Is it Luca? I really hope you still have that screenshot and you can share it. Yeah, I think I have the screenshot. I'll share it on social. Um, Who is running but this? But it, it, was, it was kind of funny. Like we can... We can have like a million different conversations on a million different accounts. And that is kind of like a really funny, like behind the scenes thing about running social media is like, I forget that I'm on the L3 podcast sometimes and I'll send stuff or you or Nicole or someone else like content. And then I'm like, oh, that wasn't appropriate to come from a mental health podcast. (laughs) It's only us. I'm logged into it yeah, too now, and us. I'm just like, mm, make sure. <laughs> or when like I sh- like I'm on Twitter, I think I'm more worried about Twitter. Oh, I'm terrified because I tweet some like, I mean it's not bad, but I just tweet probably uh, less filtered content than other places. Mm-hmm. I mean, our podcast is unfiltered. Like, That's true. That's true. We don't. I feel like I've been pretty unfiltered. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. We are so happy to have you on. And especially as our first guest, this has been such a great sort of like launch pad for future interviews. Um, And also just so interesting to hear about someone else's experience with mental health and also their experience in like a different profession than we are. Um, yeah, you made me realize I made the right (laughs) choice of not becoming a nurse. Like my brother and my mom are like, (laughs) no, like no thank you i cry over spreadsheets never mind so um last question for you sort of if if you had any advice for someone who's like struggling with mental health um whether they have their own business whether they work in healthcare or just anyone young old um what what would your advice be to them for how to get through this tough time my advice, honestly, to everyone, to all the new nurses, to just everyone in the world is just hang on, man. It's going to get better. And no matter what, just hang on. That's yeah. what I try to do. And it's gotten me this far. Yeah. I, I mean, it. yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, I, and actually, I was told by a homeless man once. Just hang on, man. When I was crying, walking down the street, and I was like, "Okay, thank you." <laughs> and that seriously resonated with me so much that I was like, "Shit, I really just gotta hang on." Okay. Yeah. One, right. If he's one, hanging on, yeah, I one can foot hang in on. front of the other, just one day at a time. Yeah. That breathe. 
just hang on. That's what I always tell people, like, breathe. Just breathe. Like, are you breathing? Because if you're not, you're going to be more stressed and you're going to pass out. <laughs> but no, breathing. Just and focus on your breath. Um, are you an air sign, Julie? I'm a lesbian who doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> um, and that's really, like, that's probably why I'm single. Okay. I'm a Capricorn. What's a Capricorn? <laughs> like, wait, what is it? Is it an air sign? I don't know. Hold on, we gotta go. I'm look. a Capricorn on like, my grandpa's cusp. That's what I know. Wait, do I still have the Moon app? Whatever it's called. This is really important. We must know now. You're oh, I think you're an Earth sign. Hold on. Oh, I still have the app. Co-star. I am an air sign. This wait. This so is, I really. This is hilarious. I'm a fire sign. Julie's an yeah. earth sign and you're an air sign. We need one more person and we could have a full avatar. I don't know what we Unite. need my chart. Um, so thank you so much. This has been so great. This has of been course. really fun. Um, it's brought some fun. levity Good. into our episode that I think the last two episodes were, um, you know, on the more stressful side. And that's kind of how this is going to go. We're going to talk about heavy things. We're going to talk about funny things. That's just the way we roll, guys. <laughs> No, no, you don't. Do you don't get it? Oh, <laughs> stop! <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, Yay. we hope to have you again soon. I hope to be back. I'm just going back to that's just the way we roll, and I wish that was the song of the episode. <laughs> I hate you. I, well, I do, have, I do want to add this into the episode, being like, that's just the way we roll is a song that the three of us did a music video to in high school because you guys loved me so much. Jesus Christ. We, I might share a clip. No. No. You shared it to an entire nope. office. I did. I have regrets. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Deep breaths. I'm going to keep this in. Nicole. You were awesome and came up with book and song of the episode for us. And it honestly is one of my favorite things to do. So can you do the honor of doing the song of the episode? I would love to. So the song of the episode is one I've been listening to basically nonstop. It is Bluntly by Caitlin. I love her music. I think she is so flippin' good. So check her out. Check out that song. It's very good. And gets the blood pumping. All right. And so for the book of the episode, I was desperately needing uh, to disassociate in my own way this week. And so I needed to read something that was completely bonkers and out there. And so I found a fantasy series um, called Lords of the Underworld by Gina Showalter. And I started with The Darkest Night. And it's all about these um, like immortals that opened Pandora's box and all of the demons were released. And then as their punishment, the Greek gods essentially said, you immortals, like you're each going to have to house one of the demons. And so the demons are like wrath and violence and they... Um, were banished to earth essentially to live out their immortal lives battling these like demons and it's got all this mythology in it that I don't know a lot about and so I've been like super geeking out to fill about it so if you need something that's completely bonkers and out there but got a little bit of mythology a lot of romance and some crazy fantasy shit romance 
You? Oh, yeah, completely, obviously. Go check out Gina Showalter's The Darkest Night. <laughs> um, and I promise it'll be just as bonkers as you need it to be. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at livelaughlorazepam and slide into our DMs to share your story or provide feedback. Make sure you subscribe. Call or text 988, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, for free and confidential support to people in suicidal crisis or emotional distress.